age. And they're just learning the things of God. But then I also know some seven, eight, nine-year-olds that know the Bible better than most 40-year-olds that actually do it. Because the, thing, the biggest key about growing up spiritually is it's not the amount of knowledge you know. It's about the amount of knowledge that you actually apply to your life. Because you may know the entire Bible. Because there's a lot of people out there that know the Bible. They know what it says from front to back. And they can quote you scriptures all day long. But they don't have it inside of them where it's revelation knowledge that they actually apply to their life. Yeah, they can tell you this scripture says this, but their life says something completely different. So for us, the, importance, the most important part is you must apply what you learn. Because if not, you will say as, well, we're going to find out, an infant. And so God desired for us to have pretty much a threefold nature. And obviously we know that the body is made up of threefold nature. We have the spirit man, which is the real you, our body, which is our flesh, and then we also have our soul, which is our mind. It's our mind, will, and emotions. It's what we think, how we feel. That's what we have. But God also designed for us in our spiritual walk to actually have threefold, three things that we need. Let's say that, three things that we need. First one, we must be born again. He talked over in John chapter 3, verse 3 to Nicodemus, and he said, in order to enter the kingdom of heaven, you must be born again. Well, obviously, he was thinking in this natural mind, saying, how can I go enter my mother's womb again? I'm a full-grown man. And he said, no, 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 no. It's not talking about that. Your spirit, man, has to become renewed in Christ. You must become a new person in him. And then the second thing was he told his disciples in Acts chapter 1, he said, you must wait here. And he said, and I will send you the promise of the Holy Spirit. And so in Acts 1, we see that the Holy Spirit comes upon us to be witnesses and empower us to go and do his work. But then God doesn't just stop there because obviously he wants us to be empowered to do his work. But there's also a work we must do. And that's where the third part comes in. And that's we must grow up spiritually because we can't just stay infants in Christ. Because just like our natural bodies, we're going to be using our natural bodies a lot. Because it's a great comparison to spiritual growth. When you were born into this world, you didn't come in as this full-grown adult with a beard and everything else or long, long hair. and That's weird. That's unnatural. I mean, that would be crazy. But you came in as an infant. And one thing about me, obviously, having Ella and Jada, I mean, those two, Jada's, I mean, she's awesome. Because she does not have to worry about, I mean, she's not telling me, Daddy, i got to go potty. Nothing. My two-year-old, on the other hand, though, that's a whole nother story. We were excited today that we didn't have any accidents. I mean, that's where we are at as a family. I'm like, yes, no more cleaning up diapers. And I'm thinking, wow, I have come to that point in life. That's awesome. <laughs> like, how did that happen? But there's stages we all go through. And so one thing I want to try to point out is I want us to find out in ourselves where are we at tonight. Where are we at? Are we still on that infant stage where we're still drinking the milk? Or we have, have we moved on to a child stage where we're getting up there and we're getting some more responsibility added? But are we actually applying the word and actually using that responsibility to benefit God's kingdom? Or are we using it to benefit ourselves? Or are we all the way up into manhood or full adult status to where we can say we have finally reached a level, but the biggest the biggest danger once we get to that adult status is thinking we know everything and getting to the point where we no longer become teachable, but we say we've heard that before. That's one of the biggest dangers once we get there. But 
So I'm going to go over and let's start off in Ephesians chapter 4. And obviously, if you didn't bring your Bible or your device tonight, they'll be up on the screen. But if you have your Bible device, Bible, hard copy, whatever you want to bring, it'll be awesome. But let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. And Jimmy, I'm going to go ahead and just start in verse number 13. And it says, Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to or fro or carried about by every wind of doctrine, but by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness and deceitful plotting. But, everybody say but. but. Speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things. Everybody say all things. All things. Into him who is the head, Christ. So, a couple of different things out of this scripture. is It says down here, it says that, um, in verse number 13, it says, to a perfect man. So many times in our walk with Christ, we want to be this perfect person. Well, even that word perfect right there doesn't even mean perfect. If you go look it up, it means a mature person. And so I've had multiple people come to me and say, well, sorry, we're not perfect. I say, praise God, you're not. Because there was only one perfect man and they hung him on a cross. So we all have our own issues that we deal with. Some of us have matured a little bit to deal with them in a different manner. But we all have things. We're not supposed to be perfect. Jesus took care of that for us. But in him, we are supposed to mature. And then it goes on and in verse 15, I love this verse because it says, Speaking the truth in love, may we grow up in all things into him who is head, that is Christ. So we are to grow up into who Christ says we are. Grow up in the knowledge of who he is. But that takes some steps that we have to do. But that perfect man is not one that we have to strive for. It's a maturity. It's a process. And so being in that maturity process, I said this before, it's not about being perfect, but it's about getting God's word and applying it in our life. Because the word that we gain, if it's not applied, it's just head knowledge. It's useless for us. But if we actually take that word and we apply it, then we can actually gain access into what God has. If I had my keys, they're actually in the sound booth because I took them out there jingling. If I had my keys, that key will give me access to my vehicle. But without that, I'm going to have a really hard time getting that thing started. God's given us everything that we need. He's given us all those keys. We just have to mature in him to find out what key it unlocks. Because if you go and look on my key ring, none of my keys are marked. They don't say house or garage or anything like that. They're all different. But I know what they are. And even my wife had to learn what my keys went to. It might take a little bit of trial and error and take a process to finally go through and find the right one that will unlock. But that's the same with our spiritual man. Is It's a process that we go through. It's not a one-time event, but it's a day-in, day-out process that we go through of walking with God to realize, oh, when I pray for healing over my body and I don't doubt, it actually unlocks my healing for it to come in. Or if I'm believing God for finances to come in and whenever I'm not worried about all this stuff, but I trust him because he's my provider, it unlocks that provision in our life. It's a process that we walk through. But there's three different stages of man that we're going to look at. I had named them before. It starts off with the baby stage or infant stage. 
then we go into the childhood stage, and then we go to adulthood. And we're going to go through all these different steps, but the one thing I want you to know right out the gates, the absolute number one key, I've said keys, talking this whole time, number one key to growing up spiritually comes down to lordship. That's a simple fact. Is, is Jesus Christ your Lord? Because if he is, just the simple definition of his name is he is the supreme in authority. He's the one that makes all the shots. He's the one that we live and go off of all the time. He's the one that tells us, listen, you need to go and take this job or you need to leave this job and go find another one. You need to trust me with your finances. You need to know that I'm your healer. He's the one that's in full control. And if we don't have that figured out first off, then we'll never get past the infant stage. We will always stay a baby in Christ because we can't grow if we don't actually accept that he is the one in full control. And so for us, we have to step into this thing in this walk with Christ that sometimes it looks scary. But the biggest thing about it is it is the greatest adventure we could ever go on in our whole life. Me and my wife were just talking the other day, and I said, man, how are you doing? I said, because obviously we have battles that come and go, and we have different seasons. And I said, how are you doing with this walk of faith? I said, you doing good? She goes, absolutely. She goes, there's nothing else I would rather be doing. I said, absolutely, because that's what we've come to figure out is that a life with God is better than anything else we could ever imagine. There's no, there's no amount of finances, no amount of riches, no amount of treasure that we could ever possess that would ever take away from having God in our life. Even King Solomon back in the Old Testament, he had, I mean, just throwing this out there, I might reference Old Testament a lot. I'm in the middle of teaching Old Testament survey with Kingdom Institute, and it's phenomenal, and it is going deep. But one of the things about King Solomon, really quick, was he started off a great man. God even let him know. He said, what do you want from me? He said, I want wisdom to lead your people. That's, I mean, spiritual maturity at its finest. He wasn't even talking about himself. He's looking for other people saying, I want the wisdom to lead the way you want me to lead. And But as he progressed and started going on, he started seeing riches and women and different things start drawing his attention off. And then we get to Ecclesiastes, and we find out that he was trying to fill a void that he removed God out of his life, and he started getting money, finances, all the riches that he could, all the women, all the possessions, all the egonistic stuff. He started getting all this stuff trying to fill the void that God was missing in him. Well, with us, how many times have you seen people trying to fill that void that only God can fill? I mean, all through the world, we see people going to drugs. They're getting, I mean, they're going to buy the biggest houses, nice cars. They're in debt way past their eyeballs. And they're trying to fill a void that only God was meant to fill. And so for us, we step into this thing and we say, Jesus, we confess you as my Lord. I believe that you died on the cross and you rose again on the third day. And that I thank you that you forgive me of my sins. And we step into this thing. It's a walk with Christ. We step into the kingdom. But from there, it doesn't end. It's just the beginning. And we start off in the infant stage. And one of the things that always it drags our attention to then is there's some stages in that infant stage. And the first one is innocence. If you look at a little baby, we're drawn to the innocence of that baby. We sit there and we'll look at it and we're like, oh, man. And we don't ever look at a baby and recognize it because of its past or reference back to this past. As parents, I'm sitting there here looking at it. I'm like, well, 
yeah, it's true. But I know there's some parents that be, might be going, you don't know what this baby did to me last night. I mean, they threw up all over the bed. They were up 14 times in the middle of the night. But we don't ever recognize a baby of its past. We always see it because of its innocence. So the second scripture I want to look at is let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. And this one we all know, but it's a great one. But I want to read this out of the Amplified Bible. And it says, Therefore, if any person is engrafted into Christ, the Messiah, he is a new creation, a new creature altogether. The old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. But behold, fresh and new has come. So with this infant stage, when we confess that Christ is our Lord and we become born again, there is no past. And the biggest problem with this infant stage and this innocence is so many times people want to just leave this in this stage. They want to say, well, innocence is just for the babies. Once you get older, you do some things, you're no longer innocent. Well, according to the scripture, no matter who you are, you have been made new. All things have been cast away. Behold, all things have become new. So for us, this is a characteristic we must hold on to for our entire walk with Christ. No matter if you are in the childhood stage or if you're in adulthood, we must recognize that we are a new person. The things that we did in the past, they no longer tell me what to do. They no longer tell me who I am because I am renewed in Christ. And that's why that scripture we opened up with, that we want to grow up into the things and the head of the body who is Christ. That's who our identity is now found in. And then we're going to skip on and go to the childhood stage. This one is hilarious because we see multiple times with children, they have different things they're learning. And remember, this is not a one-time event. This is a process. And if you've been around any kids at any time, there's processes you go through. There's a process of teaching a child how to hold a fork properly and actually get it in the food into their mouth. There's a process of how to show them how to put on a shirt. There is a process of them going, this is your right foot. Right shoe goes on this foot, not the other way around. Because those kids, man, if you tell them, go put your shoes on, they'll run over, throw shoes on, and they take off. They don't even care. And they got them on the absolute wrong feet. They're running around, and they will run all day until somebody finally stops them and says, hey, you need to switch your shoes. Can't you feel that? And they're like, what? Or their shirt's on backwards. That would drive me crazy. Walking around all day long with my shirt on backwards and my neck's all getting tight. I mean, has anybody been there before? Has anybody ever wore a shirt backwards? Okay, I'm glad I'm not the only one. Just making sure. Good. But the thing about it is there's a process in every step. But one of the phases in childhood is that there's unsteadiness. And, I mean, if you watch, there's, man, I love all these children over here. Just to let you know, you guys have the greatest kids in the whole world. They are some of the funnest kids I've ever worked with, and I love seeing the process with them and seeing them grow and mature in Christ. Because we don't babysit here at Anchor Faith Church. We preach the word to these kids because they have a spirit man that needs to hear the word just like you guys do. So we invest into these children, and we watch them grow, and I love being able to see on review nights. Review nights are the funnest nights for me because that's when you get to see your investment come into pass. You get to ask them, what, what is love? What is the God kind of love? And they all scream, agape! What does that mean? And they can explain to you what the Bible says about it. I love those nights. But one of the things about it is, in the stage, there's some unsteadiness that comes with childhood. And not only just 
spiritually, but there's also some physical unsteadiness. I mean, I've seen my, some kids take off running, and I mean, they are booking it as fast as they can. All of a sudden, they get into this little, oh, 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 and it's like, oh, no, it's about to happen. It's about to go. And all of a sudden, you see them just face planting, slide, because they lost their balance. They weren't steady in what they were running for. And so you'll see them, and I've even seen them where they just go walking, and they'll just, I mean, there's nothing wrong. And all of a sudden, they're just, <laughs> what happened? I don't know. I just fell over. Okay. But for us, there's also a spiritual unsteadiness that we go through as growing up spiritually that, hold on. i got to my paper. We're doing great. Just to let you guys know, we're getting through this. But, <laughs> hey, I was concerned. I, I did let some people know. I was a little bit nervous, so I planned ahead, and I prepared. And I had like 13 pages of notes, and I said, I can't do all these. So I narrowed it down. We got five. We got five. That's a whole lot better. But the thing about it is in that childhood stage, they want to go through, and we want to give them the responsibility to do some things, but they're not mature enough yet to handle it. There's some things that we might ask a child and say, hey, can you go and shut that door? No problem, right? And they can go and shut the door if they're tall enough to actually reach the handle or whatever. But then there's certain things that you don't just leave a seven-year-old at a house by themselves. They're not mature enough yet. They don't, they don't have the ability to hold that responsibility. They can't handle it. But then there's also those times where you might say, hey, I need you to go clean your room. And all of a sudden, it'll go by an hour or so, and then you go back in there and you look, and nothing's been done. And you say, what did I ask you to do? Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. I, I, I got tied up. And they don't finish sometimes what we ask them to do. Well, in the childhood stage, there is a big danger that shows up for us spiritually. This is the stage where we have gained some knowledge. We have got some revelation of the word. And we've actually put it into practice that has matured us to a certain standard, certain level. But the thing about it is we can run a risk of abusing that and actually falling away from what we've learned. Because at the childhood stage, it's where we can kind of be on that little teeter-totter. One day we're up, next day we're getting a little bit of a trial, so we're back down. Okay, we're going back up now. We're doing great. Everything's awesome. Praise God. Yes. Hallelujah. He's awesome. Next day we, oh, man, just, this is horrible. I mean, it was way better when I was just in the world doing whatever I wanted to do. I didn't have these problems. That's when we get into those stages where you could be on that fence to say, is this what I'm supposed to be doing or is this just what I think I need to do? And during that stage is when we really get our foundation set. And that's why it's in, for us here at Anchor Faith Church, it's important that we preach the word to these children because we are setting a foundation. How I always explain it to our workers and how I always view it is we are setting the foundation. Some of them, they may be some huge skyscrapers, so we got to dig deep. But some of them, they might just be building a little complex, a little storage complex. I don't know, just something. Because we don't know what these children are going to be doing once they grow up. We might have some that might have the biggest churches in North America. We might have some that are some of the greatest doctors, some of the greatest lawyers. I mean, anything can happen. God will call them to do great things. But we are setting a foundation at this age that's crucial because this is the stage that once they reach a little bit older and they hit middle school, high school, it's really going to shake what we've built to find out, 
do you really believe what you heard? And so that's why it's important for us to know the foundation is crucial. During this childhood stage, you're still laying the foundation. Because some of you might be thinking, well, I feel like my foundation has been set for a long time. God might be wanting to remodel and build a bigger building inside of you. So that requires that foundation to go even deeper. Because just like these huge skyscrapers they have back in Tulsa, they have a bunch of these huge skyscrapers. And we even went to Atlanta just not too long ago. And I walked in, I was like, or we showed up and pulled in. I was like, whoa, it's actually above five stories. That's awesome. I haven't seen big buildings like this. But the process that happens underneath is way more important than the building you see up above. And so for us, we must go through this in that unsteadiness is when we got to get rid of it in this stage. We have to become so confident in what God called us to do and what God has for us. But more important, we have to be confident in that his word is true. Everything that God has called us to, we can't have the confidence if we don't believe that this is the truth. And so we must get rid of that unsteadiness and stay in the confidence of Christ. And so in the childhood stage, we get that foundation set so that way we will not be moved. We will not be stumbled or pushed off. But then we go on and we see this stage, this phase in the childhood stage, and you're all going to laugh. Talkativeness. Whose kid has ever gone on a talking rampage? Anybody? Who's ever been around some adults that still just talk and talk and talk and talk? Yes, I know. Somehow it got started that I go and talk so much that I'm running for mayor. I'm not running for mayor. Just throwing that out there. I just like having conversations with people. Sorry. But the thing about it is the children have not learned in the even in the infant stage or the childhood stage of us growing up spiritually, they haven't learned the value of silence. Because even the word says, Be still and know that I am the Lord or God. He said, Be still and know. Well, so many times in that childhood stage they're, Hey mommy, daddy, guess what? I'm doing this. And we used to all the time I would take Jay to school back in Florida and I mean it was always early. We had to get her there. So all of a sudden, we'd hop in the truck. I'd take off, and she would just be, Daddy, I'm going to do I'll just, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All of a sudden, I'll get done, get back home. I'd be like, she talks so much. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, I'm not even awake yet, and she's already had enough conversations for me for the rest of the day. I'm good. I heard it. I got it. But that's the thing is that they don't learn the value of just being silent. For me, I run a risk of that all the time because I love listening to music. That is one thing I just love doing. If I'm studying, if I'm doing anything, I want to have some music on, just a little bit of white noise. And the Lord's been trying to work on me, of, especially driving. Oh, man, driving. That, this always drove me crazy with my brother. Anytime I would ride places with my brother, he always had his radio off. I'm like, your speaker's blown? No. Turn it on. Why do we need music? He's like, should we not just sit here and talk? I'm like, it's great. Let's turn on some music while we talk. And I mean... Get something. But one thing the Lord's been working with me is that I could be using that time to pray or be just thanking him and just meditating on the good things that he's done, meditating on the word, and not be having those conversations of the DJs on the, the radio. Or, and so that's one thing I'm trying to work on myself is getting into that silent mode, not having to talk or not having to listen, but just focusing in on God to actually get past that stage where I always have to have something going. Because when we mature, it's going to require us to stop, 
and listen. And especially once we get into adulthood, which is our next stage, is it is crucial for us to listen and do what God told us to do. Because if we only listen and we don't apply it, or even worse, if we listen and don't acknowledge it, then we can fall into a very dangerous trap of us not doing the will of God. Because the biggest thing about it is we hear God all the time. He's talking so much to us. And that's one thing even in morning prayer. We had morning prayer this morning. And one thing I said was that we thank you, Lord, that we don't just come and talk to a God who doesn't hear us. But we come and we pray to a God who, has, who he answers our prayers. He's listening all the time to us. But how much are we actually listening to him? So for us, we have to take that stage and be able to listen and focus in on what God says. But going into manhood or adulthood, this is our final stage of growing up spiritually. But the biggest thing about this is this is where everything shifts. Once you reach that maturity, you will no longer be focused on yourself. But you will be focused on what God wants you to do for others. Because once you've reached that stage where you start saying, Lord, it doesn't matter about what I need. What would you have me do for someone else? Because even Jesus himself came and he said, I'm not here to be served. I'm here to serve others. And even in the Bible, it says that the greatest in the kingdom of God is not those sitting up on those high pedestals. No, it's the one who serves others. And so for us to actually walk in spiritual maturity, it takes us getting past ourselves. And I mean, for a lot of us, I'll even admit, sometimes it's rough for me to get past myself. Because that's how the human nature is designed, is to think about me, myself, and I. Even the devil fell into that trap where pride took over. He said, oh, I want to be above God. I want to put my throne in his spot. And Jesus accounted and said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Because pride always wants to come in and say, you need to worry about yourself. Think about yourself. Just, I mean, if you pay for somebody else's lunch, then that's going to cause you to skip out on lunch today. But in the kingdom, God says, let's go over there. Let's go to Matthew uh, chapter 6. And this is a phenomenal chapter. I love this chapter because it talks about do not worry. But the key verse I want to point out is Matthew 6, verse 33. It says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. In another translation, it says all the things that the Gentiles, which were the people that weren't connected to God, it said all the things that they seek after will be given to you. But the biggest thing about being in adulthood is that you cannot put earthly things before spiritual things and expect to grow up spiritually. If you constantly always go to the world and try to put all these earthly things before God, or even let's say it this way, you wake up and the first thing you think about is listening to the news and getting your coffee before you think of, I need to acknowledge that God, you are the one in supreme in authority in my life today. That, Lord, I want to do everything that you want me to do today, and I give this day to you. If you're constantly thinking of the natural before you think of the spiritual, you'll never grow up. It takes us to like change our thinking to actually acknowledge that, Lord, I want spiritual to always trump the natural things. I want it to always come before. And so, in that Matthew 6, 33, if you notice it, it says, but seek first his kingdom and righteousness. Those are spiritual things. But then 
at the end of it, it says, and all these other things will be added to you. Well, if you go back in that chapter, it talks about what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? He said, don't worry about those things. And that's where this scripture comes into play. Because if you focus on the spiritual, those natural things will be given to you. They'll be added into your life without you even knowing it. And so for us to grow up spiritually, we must have a constant state of teachability. That's, I mean, these are the things how to continue to grow up. And the number one thing is we must remain teachable. Because like I said, once you reach that adulthood, you run the risk of becoming so familiar with everything that you say, I got this under control. I know it. And we run this risk of actually taking all of what God wants us to do and his whole plan, whole focus on us and trying to pull that into our own hands to say, don't worry about it, God. I know you're busy. I got this under control. I can handle my own life. And I've seen that many times. And you know where it ends? Destruction. Because they don't know the plan they have for them. In Jeremiah 29:11, God says, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a future and a hope. And the, even in the Message Bible, it says it's plan to give the future that you hope for. Because, I mean, just think about it. We want great plans. We want great things for our families, for ourselves. We have all these huge dreams and visions. But just imagine how great God's plan is for us. It took me to finally realize that, you know what? God's plan is way better. Because I had a plan. Whenever I was 17, getting ready to graduate high school, I was like, you know what? Staying in Oklahoma, because I used to live in Oklahoma a long time ago now. It's crazy. But I had this plan. I was going to give me a farm. I had my huge lifted truck, had my horse. I was good. I was like, you know what? I'm set. I got a dog, too. I'm living the country dream here. I'm going to go find me a farm, go work for my uncle, do something, and I'll be good. But then one day, my parents went down to St. Augustine, where our big church is. I guess we could say sister church. I don't know. Mother church, the headquarters. I don't know. We'll say that. Headquarters. I like it. But where it all started was in St. Augustine. Yeah, I'm not, no. <laughs> but it all started in St. Augustine, Florida with Pastor Earl and Marcy Glisson. And my brother had joined them, I mean, not even a year after they got down there. He moved down from Oklahoma to help out with that work. So I had come down a couple times to visit him. Every time I came down, I said these, this whole line, I hate Florida. I'm ready to go back home. Every single time I went down. Even Pastor Marcy would even walk over and go, so you still hate Florida? Yep, I'm ready to go home. And it was that way until finally the Lord grabbed hold of me and said, listen. And there was a time that my dad had a conference down in St. Augustine, and he went, and my mom went with him. And they asked me, they said, you want to go? And I said, nope, sure don't. I got the four loaded up. I got big plans this weekend. See you all later. So I stayed home, and I went riding with my buddies after church on Sunday because I was always going to church. I was always faithful to go and serve and do everything that I needed to do. But there was something missing inside of me for that maturity to actually click. And so I started realizing that, you know what, something's got to become real with inside, with inside of me. Because if it's not real to me, I'll never mature with it because it's not real. I'm just playing it as a game. And so they went down to Florida, had this whole conference, and they knew we missed it. Caleb was supposed to be here. They had a word spoken over them. They had this awesome time getting filled up with the word. But I was at home riding four-wheelers with my buddies. Woke up Sunday, went to church, worked with the kids, did everything. Still living a great life, not doing anything immoral, doing great. 
not on drugs or drinking, nothing. But my heart is just something was missing. And so I was in that stage of not being teachable. I had reached that point where I'd say, oh, I've heard that scripture before. I got it. Yeah, no problem. But it had to change inside of me to say, Lord, I want to know you more. And so we go down to Florida, and this was actually a week later. They got back from their trip, and they said, we missed it. We're getting on a plane on Friday, and we're going back down. We have to take you back. And I was like, you serious? I got plans this weekend. They said, no, you don't. We got plane tickets. We're leaving. So sure enough, we hopped on the plane, went back down to Florida. That weekend, Pastor Earl ministered a message. I'll never forget it. It was called, It's All Planned Out. Started a new series called God's Blueprints. And he was talking about how God has a plan for your life. And so he gave an altar call at the very end of service, and he said, if you know God has a plan, but you've been running from it, he said, I want you to come down front. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, man, I ain't going. I ain't moving. (laughs) Somebody else. That's not me. I'm sitting there. And so he gave it again. I was like, man, no, Holy Spirit, I know you're talking to me. I know that's me, but that's not me. That's somebody else. I mean, they can handle that. But it got so strong inside of me, I couldn't sit down anymore. And this time, this, at this point in Anchor Faith Church's history, we were in a storefront, and we were doing two services. This was the morning service. So I go, go down front. Nobody came over to me. Nobody prayed over me. The Lord was just, I mean, it was almost like, what did they say? I'm trying to take a drink of water out of a fire hose what it was for me. There was so much just getting poured into me that I just couldn't talk. So service ends. I go sit down. My dad walks over and goes, hey, how are you doing? I just looked up at him and just started bawling. Couldn't even say anything because the Lord was just showing me so much of you have a plan, you have a purpose. It's time for you to actually step into that and start walking that path out because it takes us to be spiritually mature enough to recognize that it's time for me to make this real. It's time for this to no longer be something that my mom said or my aunt said or that my grandma has always told about. It's got to become real to us. And for us, we have to remain teachable in everything that we do. If we come to that stage where we say we know it all, we've missed it. And we have to go back and start focusing on where did we miss it. But Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13, it said, we've read this before, but it said, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, a mature man. And it comes from knowing God more. Not just knowing God from last Sunday, knowing God from last Wednesday, knowing God from four years ago. It's, a, it's every day. It's a process that we walk through. And that's one thing that I want to drill in you guys' head. Spiritual maturity is not a one-time event. It is a process we walk out day in and day out. And that it may become so mundane, so routine, but we have to shake that off. Because if you look back, you can see four months ago, I'm in a different spot than I was then. It might just be a little bit, but a little bit's better than nothing. Because on this walk with God, we don't just stop and stand still. You either progress or you digress. There is no, I'm going to stay where I'm at. No, it's you stop, life's going to keep moving on, and your spiritual walk's going to continue before you, and you will start digressing into things that you once were in before that we don't want to go back to. But the second thing is also watch your diet. Because obviously growing up spiritually and growing physically, you have to watch what you eat. 
I know down in St. Augustine, there's some people that are a whole lot older than all of us, and they have to watch certain things that they eat because their body handles it differently. But then I also know some people that are around my age that, man, they will eat McDonald's, I mean, every day of the week and think nothing about it. (laughs) But the thing about it is, in our spiritual walk, we eat on stuff all the time. Our spirit man's feeding on stuff without us even knowing it. And there's certain gates that we have. We have eye gates and ear gates. Things we hear will feed our spirit man. Things we see, they'll put image. And if you've noticed, if you watch something that was scary or something, images get imprinted into your mind. And they will get stuck in there. And even when you don't want to think about them, you think about them. And the biggest problem that we have is so many times people feed on the wrong stuff and then they think, I'm not going to think about it. And so they go, I'm not thinking about it. I'm not thinking about it. I'm not thinking about it. And guess what they're doing? They're thinking about the problem because that's what they're trying not to think about. But where the word tells us we must renew our mind, we must change and actually feed on the word, meditate on this day and night. He told Joshua in the Old Testament, he said, meditate on my word day and night, then you will have good success. For us to be successful in this life, we must put the word first. And I mean, even when it comes down to once we get spiritually mature and we start maturing in the sin, God will tell you there's certain things you can't do anymore. I reached a stage in my life and my walk with Christ that there was certain music I could no longer listen to. It wasn't a matter of, oh, your parents said, no, it was a matter of my spirit man was saying something's, you know you shouldn't be listening to this. That's not feeding me. Or there's certain TV shows that, I mean, I used to love watching that I had to stop. Because the Lord said, in order for you to grow more, you got to cut this off. But even getting even more in-depth into it, there's certain, certain conversations I no longer could entertain. There's gossiping, backbiting, all these things. I had to shut those off. Because every single time I would get stuck in one of those conversations, you walk away and you know my spirit man did not get fed the right food. Just like when you eat something bad, your stomach lets you know there's something bad in there that needs to come out. When we go and we feed on those things, our spirit man will let us know, listen, there's something in me that's got to come out. It can't stay any longer. And that's when we got to get in this word and we got to fill up on what's actually good. And then the last and final thing that I have is exercise. Because we all know physical exercise is good. And obviously, I can raise my hand, I haven't been to the gym forever. I need to get back, and we're working on it. But we always try to stay active, doing something, playing outside with the kids, walking the dog, something. But for our spiritual man, we know the basics. I mean, there's even songs, read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. (laughs) Anybody heard that one? Anybody? No? Okay, there's a few people. But we know that reading your Bible is a crucial step. Praying, not just praying just over food, but spending time, taking part of your day, and saying, Lord, I give this to you today. Let's talk. Because you should never get into prayer of just being a ritual or saying, Lord, I'm just going to come pray. And I mean, you do like a shotgun prayer. You just sit there and you just blast out all this stuff, just hoping that something hits somewhere. And then you end at that and you walk on. No, you need to separate that time so that way you can spend it with God and you can have conversation. Because prayer is not just us praying something to God and not receiving anything back. He wants to speak to us, but how many times do we go through life and not give him an opportunity to speak back? So we need to make time for a conversation with God. When I go to prayer, I'm expecting a response. 
I don't just go pray. There's sometimes I'll go pray and I'll just minister to the Lord and just tell him how thankful I am and how wonderful he is. But then there's sometimes I'm expecting a response. I have faith that he is going to answer me. I'm believing in those things I haven't seen yet, but they will come to pass. But then also the third one that everybody's always said, well, I go to church. That's great. That's an awesome step because this is where you learn and you get equipped to be able to go out there. So reading your Bible, praying, going to church, that's great exercise for us. But one of the crucial things that people miss out on is application. And the major thing people miss out on is application of this one thing, and that's your love walk. Because God's not interested in just how you do things. He's interested in the heart behind it. And it actually says over in, we're going to read a few scriptures here. If you want to turn there, we're going to... um, 1 John 4.8 is the first one I want to go to. And it says that the one that does not love does not know God, for God is love. So the very essence of God, his very nature is love. I mean, there's so many people out in this world doing their own thing, doing their own ways, not loving the way God loves. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 lays it all out, 4 through 8. Go read it. It talks about love is patient, love is kind. And has this whole list of what love is, but then there's also a whole list of what love is not. Love is not rude. Love is not boastful. It goes through and it shows us his characteristics of love. But then it also says in Romans 5, 5, it says, the love of God has been shed abroad in my heart. So God has already given me the love inside of me that I can go and now love others. And then the final verse that I have is over in John chapter 13. And it's actually John chapter 13, verse 35, and it said, Jesus said, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. The biggest application we can do is have a love walk towards other people. When we have a love walk towards God, it will pour out to others' lives. And that's when they will truly know that we are maturing in him. When they see the maturity in us by the way we treat other people, they'll recognize that there's something different about them. They act different. They respond differently. When you're getting cussed out at work or you're getting, I mean, all these horrible things coming at you and your response back to the people is in the love of God, everyone around you will recognize there's something different. And even if they don't want to hear it from you right now, if they have a problem coming in their life, guess who they're going to come to? It's happened multiple times with, I mean, a ton of people, even myself, where they say, we don't want to hear about your Jesus. But then when the situation comes down, they'll come to you bawling and said, listen, this just happened. What do I need to do to get what you have in me? And that's an open door for you to be able to explain to them how to gain Christ, how to confess him as your Lord. But the thing about spiritual maturity is it's a process. We have to remember that. Do not get frustrated where you're at today because that's one of the biggest things is we want to – We see all these ministers on TV. We see all these big churches. We see people doing awesome things for God, and we want to get there. But we don't see the multiple hours and years behind that to get them to that maturity level. So we have to start where we're at. We're all at different levels. And so you have to find out, where am I at tonight? And then also, where am I going to go in the future? Am I going to continue to walk this thing out, or am I going to just go ahead and just end it now? Chase, you can come on up. But the thing about it is, for us, we want to make sure that we walk this walk as far as God leads us to. Because 
he's going to lead us all the way to the very end. We sing a song that we say, you will be my guide to the end. And I can't remember how else it goes. But the thing about it is, is it? Yeah, yeah, to the end, to the end. But the thing about it is, God is with us all the way to the end. And God's faithfulness always will show his character. He's never going to leave us. He's never going to abandon us. But the one thing about human nature is we are free will moral agents. We can make our own choices. So anytime that we see and where we feel that God has abandoned us, it's not God. You have to look at yourself. Because God's faithfulness endures forever. But our faithfulness sometimes can become weary. And it can waver. But that's where spiritual maturity comes into play. The more we mature, the more we step into the things of God, the more faithful we become to Him. The more things that we see Him do in our life, the more confidence we have in Him. And so for us, we don't want to remain infants, but we want to keep the innocence in it. We want to know that we are a new creation in Christ Jesus, that the old things have been passed away, but behold, I am a new person. Then we want to get to the childhood stage, and we want to know that we are steadfast, we are firm on the Word of God, that we will not have unsteadiness, we will not just talk or speak anything we want, but we will speak the Word only. For the centurion said, Lord, speak. He said, just speak the word only and my servant will be healed. He said, you don't even have to come to my house. He said, your word is enough. And then once we get into adulthood, we will recognize that it's not about me, but it's about others. It's about my love walk towards somebody else that will show the world that I am your disciple, God. That, Jesus, you have full control over my life. And so we want to recognize that. And so I want to spend some time, and I want us to just pray just for a little bit and just check yourself. Examine where you're at, and the Lord's going to show you things to change. He's going to show you things to tweak. And you know what? Be excited because that's where you're at. And he will meet you where you're at, and he will help you grow to the next level. But it's a process. It's not going to be tomorrow. It's not going to be next week. It's going to take time. But the more word that we hear and we apply in our life will get us to that maturity that we want. So, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this night. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the people in this body, Father, for the people in this room and all those listening online, Father. I thank you, Lord, that we continue to stir ourselves up, Father, that no matter what stage we're at in life, no matter where we are, but, Father, we can recognize that it's a process and that you will be with us to the very end. That, Father, Lord, that you are faithful. We thank you, Lord, right now that you are faithful to follow us, to lead us, Father, in everything that we have. That, Lord, that this isn't just a walk that we do on our own, but you are there. That you've sent the Holy Spirit to be our guide. And we thank you, Father, for this time, Lord. We thank you, Father, for... I thank you, Father, for every family represented here. Father, for the investment that they have. Father, for the word that's been shed into their, their hearts. Father, for the love that has been poured out into them. Father, for every individual here that is hearing your word and that they will take this and apply it to their life. That they will remain teachable that they will feed on those right things, that, Lord, that when those conversations come up, that they know they shouldn't be entering into, they shouldn't be given any place. That, Father, Lord, that they will have the boldness to shut those down, to be able to grow more into who you've called them to be. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the purpose that you have set before them, Lord, that we're not here by accident, but, Lord, that we are here for a divine purpose, that, Lord, you have given us as a gift to mankind. Father, we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in this place, for what you're doing in our lives. Father, I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our, my life personally. Father, Lord, that 
we can look back and see how good you've been. And we can look back and see how faithful you have been throughout all the years. And Lord, it just gets us excited for where we're going from here, Father. I thank you, Lord, for this ministry. That, Lord, we can look at the same thing and look back and see where we've come from, but know also that you have a plan for where we're going ahead. And, Father, we can rejoice in that. We can be excited for the things that are coming ahead. Father, we worship you tonight. We thank you, Father, for your word that is alive and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, Father, Lord, that it is what gives us life. And that, Father, we, we worship you tonight. Father, we, we honor you with our whole life. Thank you for this night. Lord, I thank you, Father, for these people's hearts. I thank you, Lord, that they are recognizing where they're at, but they also recognize that this is a process. If they don't like where they're at or if they like where they're at, I thank you, Father, Lord, that you give them the passion. You stir up that fire in them to go to the next level, to continue to mature and continue to walk out this life in your kingdom, Father, to get them to the next stage. To Father, I thank you, Lord, that you pull out more gifts in them, gifts that they never even knew were inside of them, Father, that as they get to the next stage, you'll re- you will show more and more of who you've called them to be, Father. I thank you, Father, for this. And in Jesus' name, we all pray and we said, Amen. Amen.